0: Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. How to be, I'm calling this this passage of scripture we're looking at tonight, how to be a valued employee. And as I was preparing this, I was reflecting back on my time growing up and uh, some of the work that I've done. Now, ever since I graduated from college, I've been consistently in ministry. But prior to that, you know, I did some odd jobs, as, as a lot of young people do. My, my first job that I remember was going to work with my dad. When my dad was younger and I was much younger, um, he worked at Gulf States Utilities. He worked at the power plant there on the banks of the Mississippi River down in Baton Rouge. He worked shift work, and uh, in his spare time, if you will, he uh, took odd jobs uh, remodeling. And I remember him going on a number of jobs, and he would do the remodeling, and he would take me with him. And, you know, we were, we were a, a modest family back then, very modest income, a probably lower middle class, if you will. And this will tell you something about it. One of my jobs, I'm wondering if any of you guys ever did this. You know, back when things were tight and a, a nickel meant something, my job one time, or lots of times, going with my dad and him being a carpenter, he'd pull nails out of boards, you know, and they're bent. It was my job to straighten them. Any of y'all ever done that? Yeah. <laughs> lots, lots, lots. That was my job. I, I straightened those nails. He was going to use them. And uh, I remember that as my, as my first job. And then I remember when I was in college, I, I, I landed a job that was both a dream job for a college student and, and a horrible job at the same time. I, I went to work for the uh, Department of Highways for the state of Louisiana. I got my, you know Here I am a kid, 18, 19 years old. And got a state car, and they sent me up to North Louisiana. I, I lived in South Louisiana. Sent me up to North Louisiana, and my job was to drive along the interstate and sketch pictures of signs. And, and you know, we didn't take the pictures then. I guess I would I, back then. You had an old Polaroid camera, I suppose. But they wanted to, they wanted a recording or of of what was what the signs were at these various. Clover cloverleafs and intersections and my job was to sketch out the sign put what was on the sign and locate it there on the map the idea being if one of them got knocked down by weather or a car or whatever uh, they could go to these these records they had i'm crude by today's standards i'm sure but th- that's what they did now that was a great job I mean i got a state car and i left for north louisiana You know, and spent the week up there and came back home on Friday night and really spent a day driving up there. It really was like, now that I think of it, it was a three day work week because it took most of the day to drive up there on Monday. And now, this shows you how inefficient government is. Why they didn't hire somebody up there to do it? (laughs) You know, I mean, somebody up in North Louisiana. But no, they they sent me up there. Um, Another job that I had was uh, I worked at a, a uniform rental place. You know how businesses, they'll deliver uniforms to them, and they, they wear the uniforms. It may be at a mechanic shop, or it could be any place, and that that was that was not a fun job. Uh, worked there for a while, and then for several years, uh, <laughs> you guys are going to give me a rough time for this one. I worked at a library. <laughs> oh you guys you're not shocked you well of course you did what else would you have done you know you're not a hunter you know you know you of course you're gonna work at a library well you know when people check out those books at some point in time they bring them back and they got to go on the shelf and how do they get there i knew the dewey decimal system like nobody I knew where they went and where they didn't. You, I didn't tell you that, did I, Cindy? Yeah. No, you're not going to hire me to work. Where She's putting together a church library. And I got a job, huh? I can put the books back on the shelf and the right. My salary is zero. Salary is zero. So that, that that was another job that I that I had uh, in college. But, you, you know, I, I, I think I can say, I don't mean to sound braggadocious, but whatever job I had, I always tried to do my best. I always took. Uh, pride in it. Uh, But apparently not everybody's that way, especially it seems as if today a lot of people either just lack the ability, lack the skills, they're lazy, or they're entitled, or not everybody. But to me, as I talk to employers, I mean, I hear it from almost every businessman that I talk to, how how hard it is, you know. And in a lot of places, you know, it's not that one of the things with the employment rate is a lot of people are unemployable. The, the guy that lives next door to me—I mean, he doesn't live next door to me. That's his weekend place. He lives in northern Ohio. He runs a business. My next door neighbor runs a business in five states, and he—he's he, got a big—he's got a, a a place where they bring in big rigs to be repaired. You know, these 18 wheel sixteen—what is eighteen-wheelers? Eighteen-wheelers? and But they also have, you ever see an 18-wheeler broke down by the side of the road and a repair vehicle's pulled up beside it? That, that's what he does, and he operates in, in five different states. And I forget how many employees he has, but anyway, he was telling me, he said he'll advertise uh, in Indianapolis job openings, and he'll go into, you know, and, you know be at a certain motel, you know, whatever. And he'll, he'll show up there, and there'll be 50 guys, you know, sitting, sitting there. And then he'll say, now, remember, first thing you're going to have to do is pass the drug test. Half of them get up and leave. Half of them, you yeah. And it's just, you know, that's just the day and age in which we live. I'm thinking today, if a young person growing up will be taught what I'm teaching tonight, he'll have a distinct advantage, you know, if you just know how to work hard and you're trustworthy and honest and some other things you're going to miss, man, you're going to go to the top of whatever profession you're in these days. That's what this is talking about here. How to be a valued employee. Colossians chapter 3, we begin in verse number 22. Servants. Now, as we're going to read in just a second, servants today would be employees. And most all theologians uh, interpret it that way. But it's written in, in the language of the day. So it says, servants... Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers. That's a major point right there. But in singleness of heart, fearing God, another major point right there. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily. That's a major point. As to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. I don't know why I didn't put this on the screen behind me. It's a couple of quotes. Let me just read it to you as it relates to that passage right there. This writer said, in our society we do not have slaves, but these principles apply to any kind of honest employment. A Christian worker ought to be the best worker on the job. He ought to obey orders and not argue. He ought to serve Christ and not the boss only. And he ought to work whether anybody is watching or not. If he follows these principles, he says, he will receive his reward from Christ even if his earthly master, his boss, does not recommend or recognize him or reward him. And that's basically what these verses are saying right here. I mean, we, if anybody, needs to practice this. Because a lot of people think, you know, I want to do as little as I can for as much as I can. And that'll only happen if the boss is watching. A lot of people think, I don't have to give it full effort. I'm worth more than this. I'll just give it half effort. But that's not the way it works. You know, whatever you're called to do, you do it with your might. You know, whether it's a ditch digger or an orthopedic surgeon, you ought to give it your best every time, day in and day out. That's what this is teaching. And the Lord will bless that. So let's, let's look at these verses individually. What, what do these verses say? Look at verse number 22. It says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasures, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Another way of saying that is this way. Employees are to do as their employees instruct under man's authority, not just when the employer is looking, but serve them sincerely because God is watching. God's always watching. So we are to always give it our best, whether it is our dream job or it's our first job, hoping to stair-step up to that dream job. In verse number 23, it says this, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men. And whatsoever you do, whatever you call upon to do, whatever your assignment is for that day, You know, whether you like it or whether you don't like it, whether you think it's above you or beneath you or whatever it is, whatever you do, do it heartily. Do all your work. What this is saying is do all your work with enthusiasm because you're working for the Lord, not just the boss, but you are you are reflecting upon the Lord. You call yourself a Christian. This is reflecting on him. So you give it your best. Day in and day out, without exception. Not whether you're in the mood or not. You give it your best. Verse number 24, what does it say? Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. This is telling us, be an excellent employee because you ultimately serve Him, that is the Lord, and He will reward you. So, Your boss may not pay you what he should pay you, but you give it your best anyway because the Lord can promote you. The Lord can make things better for you. As long as you do your best and you always do your best. And the last verse in this very practical passage says, But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respecter of persons. So that's saying if you do wrong as an employee, you'll get what you deserve, and it doesn't matter who you or your boss is. So, you know, if you do wrong, you're not going to get anywhere. It's not going to pay to goof off. It's not going to pay to to slack off. So, again, very, very practical today. And it's something that, you know, it used to be, we used to call this, well, they still call it this way, you just don't hear it referred to, the Judeo-Christian work ethic. I mean, it's what made America great. You know, hard work, honesty, people being good employees. So you can summarize this with these statements. Let's look at them. They're on the screen behind me. What this is teaching us is this. The duty of a servant is to obey his master in all things relating to his state of servitude or to his job. There, there's nothing degrading in service. I, I've said before from this pulpit, one of my pet peeves is when people make fun of a ditch digger. Or somebody makes fun of somebody, you know, call a hamburger flipper. You know, don't, don't do that around me. That's honorable work. I mean, that, and it's commendable that those people are back there working and not, you know, sitting at home wanting somebody else to, to feed them and take, take care of them. All work is, is honorable. And it's the duty of, of the employees to obey them over them and, and do what they are told. Then number two, the servant's duty is to be discharged in a spirit of sincerity. That's what that passage is teaching us. We we should be sincere in our work. We shouldn't be playing games. We we should be doing our best. It says here, number one, free from duplicity. Duplicity means... don't be hypocritical. Don't, don't be two-faced, what that verse is talking about. In other words, you know, when, the, when the boss is around, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm busy, and the boss leaves, and you know, I'm, I'm giving it this. That's duplicity, and we're not to be guilty of that. We should be working hard day in, day out, whether the boss is around or the boss is not around. And it is, to secondly, to be done in the fear of God. We, we need to understand that the boss may not be looking, but God is. And really, that's stealing. That's the equivalent of stealing. If, if you've agreed to work for whatever amount per hour, and that's going to assume that you're going to give it your best. And if you're giving it less than your best, and he's still paying you that amount, isn't that the equivalent of stealing? You know, and God's not going to bless that. But God will bless a man that works, and will work hard, and will work diligently. We also learn from these verses is the servant is to act from the loftiest religious principle. In other words, number one, in every duty, God is to be recognized. Because, again, one, God is watching when the boss may not be. But also, we represent the Lord. We call ourselves a Christian. And the world has enough sense. Lost people have enough sense to know that, you know, a a, a decent human being is going to give it his full effort whether the boss is around or not. And we also read there, number two, in every duty, the best power should be exercised. And that's just repeating what we've already said. And then number four, faithful service will meet with a glorious reward. And that's what is promised us in that passage. And then number five, every act of injustice will, be met with, will meet with impartial retribution. The injustice done in the world, whether by the master or the servant. In other words, God will take care of us if, if, the, if, the, if the master or the employer isn't doing right, the Lord will take care of him. The Lord will deal with him. And the same if the employee isn't doing right, the Lord will take care of him as well, one way or the other. He'll either punish him or he will uh, uh, will promote him in in his work. So just very, very simple principles that the world would be a better place if we would all simply live by these simple truths. I've got a feeling that in this room tonight are the kind of people that Learned this a long time ago and have lived this, in part from being a Christian and having been taught this, that this is the right thing to do. And I suppose what I would emphasize tonight is we need to make sure we teach this to our children and to our grandchildren, that we are not to be entitled, that if you're able to work, you should work. Now, that brings us to the the final points tonight. I found a neat article, and I want to share the major points with you this evening. What employers look for in an employee. And again, first, we have to live this. Because what they're, what this article represents, these ten points, what employers look for in an employee, they, they resonate because they're, they're Bible-based. So what are what are the what are the things that an employer looks for in an employee? Meaning that employees should be living these things, should be doing these things. Number one is simply a strong work ethic. Employers value employees who understand and possess a willingness to work hard. I mean some people think, I don't have to work hard because, the, you know, the, the world is cursed and the work is a part of the curse. So, you know, I'm out from under the curse. I, I don't want to be under the curse, so I'm not going to work hard. We were, you know, Adam was told to work before the curse ever came. You know, he was given assignments by the Lord. So work is honorable. Work is, is noble. Work is a, is a good thing. And everybody ought to bring to every job a strong work ethic. When you are there, you give it your best. Number two, they're looking for dependability and responsibility. I guess those are synonymous. Dependability and responsibility. Showing up on time. You know, showing up. I I can't tell you how many businessmen I talk to who tell me about guys, employees, who not only do they not call in, they just don't show up. They just don't show up. You know, and I can't imagine such a thing. You know, I, I was always taught, don't call in, crawl in. You know, be there. Be be on the job. Do your job. If you're sick, you know, at least if you can do it, show show up and, and do your best. And I hear from employers all the time how that guys, you know, either they will show up late or they won't show up at all, and they don't even have the courtesy to call and let you know that they're going to be late or that they're sick or that they're not coming back at all. I mean, young people today that will grow up that are dependable and responsible, man, you got a head start. You, I mean, you've you, you got a head start. You, you've got a good future uh, ahead of you. So a strong work ethic. They look for people that are dependable and responsible. And they look for people, number three, With a positive attitude, a positive attitude. They like people that take the initiative and have motivation to get the job done. I have heard stories of people who worked in certain uh, arenas where they went in with this work ethic and they're dependable and they have a positive attitude and they are frowned upon by the other workers. You know, they go in and say, let's get to work. Let's get busy. And all the other guys or gals, they're just kind of standing around goofing And I say, what do you mean? I say, well, let's, let's get it done. And they say, well, well, we'll get it done. And, you know, they get mad at the guy that's working hard or the girl that's working hard because it's making them look bad. You know, I've heard stories of that, you know, all the time. That's wrong. That, that, that's just wrong. You no, know, we, we should go in with a positive attitude. So a strong work ethic, dependable, responsible positive attitude again we're just putting flesh on these verses you know this is the practical application part you know Paul is saying work hard Paul is saying work hard whether the boss is there or not work hard because the Lord is watching work hard because it's your testimony as a Christian well you know I can preach that and some people go out and not know what it means well here's what it means strong work ethic dependable A positive attitude. And number four, this is critical, and this is hard for some people. Some people struggle. Some good people sometimes struggle with this one, is adaptability or flexibility. Some of us are just kind of, you know, we we can't see past the end of our nose, but yet things change. And sometimes you, you get a different assignment or it doesn't go like you thought. Employers seek employees who are adaptable and maintain flexibility. In completing tasks in what they call in an ever changing workplace, you know the workplace is changing uh, commerce is changing a lot of things are changing, and the one that 's going to get ahead in life is the is the employee who is is adaptable and is flexible and can go you know roll with the punches. I started to say roll with the tide, but we don 't call. No, roll with the punches, not roll with the tide. So again, these are qualities, number one, that you and I ought to possess today, whether you're young, whether you're old. And these ought to be qualities that we're um, uh, showing to our, our children, our grandchildren. Number five, they're looking for men and women that are honest and have integrity, they, they value, employers value people who have a sense of honesty and a sense of integrity. And that is so important. That That builds trust. And that is of great benefit to the person that has hired you and the person that has employed you. So again, you know, you hear these stories through the years of tools missing in certain professions, people stealing or stealing directly from their em- employer or, or embezzling uh, from their employer and what have you. And how, sh- how shameful that is. No, we, we, we need to bring to, te- to the table something different, and that being honesty and integrity. Number six, I love this one, I love this one, self-motivated employers love people that are self-motivated people who really require little supervision or direction they just come in and they know what they're doing and and they get it done they are self-motivated you know i i love you know this is not an employer employee relationship here you know we're dealing with volunteers here but i i love folks in this church that are just self-motivated That, you know, again, it's not employer-employee by any means, but the principle still carries over. It's wonderful to see people in this church who will see a need around here, and they're self-motivated, and they'll just get it done. You know, sometimes they'll come and talk to me about it, and sometimes they'll just do it. And I'll show up, and I'll say, what happened with this? How did This is great. Who did this? When did this happen? So I say, oh, yeah, brother so-and-so or miss so-and-so came in, and they did that. You know, self-motivated individuals. Uh, here's another one, and we're not talking about cockiness here. We're not talking about arrogance here. We're talking about, though, a, a self-confidence. As Somebody that, you know, you, you give them a job, and they'll say, I'll get it done. You know, I know me here at church when somebody says, I'll get it done. I, Are you sure? Yeah, can't tell you how good that makes you feel. I, I can only imagine how it would work with, a, with an employer, an employee relationship. But they say that that's important, this, this self-confidence here. And then number eight, I like this term, and I think we would all do well to think about this term. They look for people who are and can be professional. Think about that, because I've thought about this in recent months, this whole idea of professional. It's kind of hard to define, but you know it when you see it, and you, you know it when it's not there. When somebody is professional, we we like dealing with, with people that are professional. And, and and we're uncomfortable if we're in a setting where someone that we're dealing with should be professional, but they're not. That's problematic. I, I think people that understand this principle right here are at a distinct advantage in the business world and in the world of commerce over those people that, that don't get it. The definition in this article said this, and I think they're kind of hitting the nail on the head as we try to define what does it mean to be professional. Professional behavior includes learning every aspect of a job and doing it to the best of one's ability. So a professional, in this definition, starts with somebody who um, knows what he's doing, knows what she's doing. They, They show up and maybe they're working at a clothing store. But they, they, they learn the merchandise, they they, they learn the fabrics, they, they learn all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and so they are able to give that information to a customer when they come in, and that person is much more professional than, you know, the teenager that walks up to you, you know, popping gum in their in their mouth and they, they don't have a clue, you know, as to what they're talking about. You know. That's the way we like to be treated. So those of us that are in positions that uh, where we should be professional, we, we ought to be. So it, 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 it's, it's, knowing, it's, it's knowing what you're doing, and it's giving your best at it. And then it also says this, and I think this is critical to what it means to be professional. Professionals look, speak, and dress accordingly to maintain an image of someone who takes pride in their behavior and their appearance. I think that's terrific. Let me read that. That bears reading again. Professionals look, speak, and dress accordingly to maintain an image of someone who takes pride in their behavior and appearance. I mean, think about it. You know, exaggeration, but you know, you go to see a doctor, and he he comes in, and he's... Wiping his mouth, he's got spaghetti all over his mouth, he's wiping his hands on his shirt, you know, whatever, and he's scratching all over the place. You know, you want out, you know, no thanks, I, I, I'll go find another doctor. He's not professional. You know, me, I, I like I like the doctors, and some of them don't do this these days, but I like the ones that wear, what do you call them, the doctor's coats? You know, the white doctor's coats? I don't know, that just sets me at ease. I just <laughs> He could be a charlatan, but he's got the coat on. Got the stethoscope around his neck. You know, he looks professional to me. You know, I'm, I'm good. But uh, you know what I'm talking about here. There, there's, and in every profession, even in, in construction, all the way to some executive for a big company, you know, professionalism might be a little different from one area to the other, but we, we know it when we, when we see it and we appreciate it. And I think that's in accordance to what these verses are, are teaching us. Number nine, this is one that people have trouble with these days. Is simply loyalty. Loyalty. I can tell you this employers value people who are loyal. You go to work for somebody and you <clears throat> excuse me, you buy into it. You're all in. You're 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 wanting to benefit not only yourself from your employment, but you want to benefit the, the employer because as, as he does well, then, then you can do well. So it's the idea of, of loyalty and, and being there and, and giving it your best. And then number ten, they look for this, and this is critical, critical, critical in any and every profession. They're looking for people who are motivated to grow and learn. People who are motivated to grow and learn. It says, in an ever changing workplace, employers seek employees who are interested in keeping up with new developments and knowledge in the field. That's critical for pastors. That's critical for, it, it doesn't matter who you are or, or what field you're in. You know, an employer is going to value somebody who is motivated to grow and to learn. And again, that's, what, that's the application, if you will. That's part of a preacher's job. We, our job is, is to take a passage, a verse, or whatever, and tell you this is what it says. Okay, we, we did that. Here's what it means. We've done that. And here's how it applies to me. That's the practical application. But that brings us full circle. Let's look at it again now. Verse number 22. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, I mean a sincere effort fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Number one, you serve him. And if the guy isn't paying you right or isn't treating you right, you still, as long as you're there, as long as you're employed, you do the right thing. The Lord is watching. He can promote you. He can get you out of that situation into a better situation. But not if you take the idea, well, I'm not being treated right, I'll give it half effort. That's just not the way it works. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. H.A. Ironside, a preacher of yesteryear uh, at the historic Moody Bible Church in Chicago, uh, told his students uh, of a maid and asked how she knew this maid she'd gotten saved. They said, "How, uh, how do you know that you got saved? And she says, well, she says, I know I'm a Christian because I now sweep under the tables. You know, whereas the implication is she used to not to, you know, just around the table. Now she's sweeping under the table. That story illustrates it. That simple little illustration illustrates it as well as anything as to how we as Christians ought to be. And there's so many other verses that that support this idea of giving it your best. You know, what your hand finds to do, do it with thy might. You know, whatever we do. And again, it, you may be temporarily in a, a job that isn't your lifelong dream, but it may be a stepping stone. Whether it's, your life, whether it's your lifelong dream or a step along the way to what you hope will be your dream job, it's still right to give it your best day in and day out, to, to be honest, to be flexible, to be, to be hardworking, and to do what you're supposed to do. Uh, there, there is no other way. There is no. There is no plan B, and I appreciate those of you in this room who have, for years, demonstrated that. And I think I'm. I think I am preaching to the choir tonight, that the people in this room do just that. But we need to make sure that we uh, transfer this to our children as well as our, as, as our grandchildren. Uh, I, I try to every opportunity, with my two sons, especially, share with them stuff that will help them to be uh, better pastors almost every Christmas. I will send them a book that it, usually, lots of times it deals with business. You know, business has a lot of uh, good stuff there uh, about what works and what doesn't work, work ethic and improving oneself and what have you. And I've got one in mind already. That I'm going to send to to Matt and, and Jeremy. So again, I believe the people in this room reflect uh, accurately what uh, is being taught in Colossians chapter three. There, uh, but I'm not so sure the younger generations get it. And to the if, if we want to be a blessing to our children and our grandchildren and anybody else we might have influence with, we we need to. We need to train them and remind them constantly of always giving their best. Back to my dad. He was that man. I mean, my, my dad had a work ethic. Again, worked at the power plant. He might work the what he called the dog shift and get off at 6 in the morning and go. And, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, Brother Bob, but he was working hard to put clothes on his boy's back, you know. He was just working hard. And, uh but he always, he, he set the example for us boys, and then he taught us. I mean, he was constantly, constantly, do the right thing, work hard, give it your best. I hate, you know, most kids look forward to the weekend. You know, I hated Saturdays. My dad had so many jobs for us on Saturdays, you know. And, you know, he'd give, you know, once it was all done in the afternoon, we'd get to go across the street to Ben's house and play football in his front yard, which was what we did every Saturday, especially during the fall. Uh, But, I mean, it seemed like we would never get to that point where I could go across the street to Ben's house and play football. But Dad was teaching us a lesson that I think has uh, stayed with us three boys. You know, not that we're perfect by any means, but, I mean, I can give testimony that that works. So let us be not only an example to the younger generation, but let us teach them and encourage them as well. Uh, We need to be the kind of... uh, christian employee that is valuable valuable to those that we serve thank you for listening to today's message we hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by god's word if you have any questions about Mayo Baptist church please contact us anytime you can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com thanks for listening